with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the evening looks like we're gonna make a new opening because it's really not the new england ghost project it is ghost chronicles international with ron kolick and steve parsons but for the time being i guess we're that so anyways i am ron kolick and all the way across the pond the is my co-host oh, the gatekeeper blah 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 there's mr steve parsons hey steve hey ron how are you guess what you can Hi. no longer say just big in japan what well, you know how you normally say the gold standard, big in Japan, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We heard from Tokyo today. They've, uh, they've sold the documentary now to the French and the Swedes. Uh, where apparently oh, it's, going, it's going down a storm. So, uh, and there's, there's talk of the S word. S, S. Series. Sex? Series. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. My mind is in one place. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, well, that would be very you good. Know, just, uh, just, just a bit of, I mean, you know, I mean, like, it, would, it would definitely beat it, put me beating to sleep, the drum. I'm just saying that. Well, 26 million people in Japan can't be wrong. That's more than... The, 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 they're Japanese. The, the, what the hell do they know? Hang on a minute. I don't think even, I don't think even Zach Bacon's has got that many. But there are no teeny boppers in Japan. That's a problem, Zach. That's those, true. Those I'm going to have to. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to get more tattoos and some combat you do, body armor. You do. You know, go lockdown. back to your golf days. I'm telling you, back yeah, to your golf days. Lockdown. Get in in there. There you go. Get in in there. And and's part of the team. And we'll. Oh, there you be go. Included. So that, well, there you you've you got know, both. And, there. and there br- you go. well, and brings the quality. Ah. And the brains, and I'm just there to carry the boxes. I told you. Yeah. Well, there you go. There it is. That's all I can say. So, yeah, anyways, that, that's uh, good news, I guess, uh, for someone who doesn't want to be on TV. I think that's awesome. Uh, it's it. Well, what's what's quite pleasing about it? What I yes, think sir. is quite pleasing about it is mm-hmm. the fact that this isn't an entertaining television program. This isn't after selling oh, I'll, adverts I'll, I'll and ratings, and this is yeah. This is. You know, a program about the real world of ghost investigation. Uh, you know, like I, I, paint a lot, I, I have made a lot of comments. Steve, well, it's like watching I, paint I, dry, but in, a, I, in an I interesting format. I have not format. seen it, so I really shouldn't even be I, I haven't I seen it. Because you're my friend, so I just... Yeah, well, I haven't seen it either, so. because I, yeah. Yeah, I've got the DVD. I'll bring you a copy over, and then we can sit down on the front porch and watch okay. the sun go down. You still with me? Yeah, you still with me? Are you fading away on me? Have you faded away? Well, that's just great. The show. So I went and I got us a real ghost hunter. So how do you like that? Well, long overdue. Okay. Fed up of mediums, that's all we've had lately. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's my fault. I, I, I uh, totally... Yeah, fanboy. Oh, you you fan did boy, get Derek Okora. Wait a minute, you did get Derek Okora. Yeah, so. and you went all week at the knees when I did. 
I did, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm gonna so get hand. you the T-shirt. I'm gonna get you this. I'm so gonna get you that T-shirt. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, without further ado, let me introduce to you somebody who's been investigating the ghost probably as long as you have, Steve. And he's from the uh, southern uh, United States, which is across the pond here. And he is Brad from Louisiana Spirits. Brad, you there? Yeah, Ron. How's it going? Good, good, good. Would you give out your full name of your group? Because I always mess things up. I apologize for that, but that's okay. okay yeah. All right. My name is Brad Duplichet. I'm founder of Louisiana Spirits Paranormal Investigations. There you go. And your website? It's www.laspirits.com. Okay. So, Brad, I don't know if you know this or not, but you were actually on my show like 100 years ago. You know, hey, you know what? The more I was thinking about it, after I had emailed you, I started thinking, I said, you know what? I think I did was on Ron's show about, probably was about eight or nine years ago. It, it was a long time ago. To, to give you an idea, it was on uh, cassette tape. <laughs> well, that, what does that tell you? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, welcome aboard. And you have been uh, also joining us, of course, from the UK is uh, the gold standard in ghost hunting, according to the Wall Street Journal, not according to me, but uh, Mr. Uh, Stephen Parsons. So, Steve, Brad, Brad, Steve. Hey, Brad, how, how are you doing? Doing? All right. Fine. How are you? Oh, it's so. So, Brad, you have been investigating ghosts, like I said, for many, many years, and and uh, there's a lot of things I want to talk to you about. In fact, we've got some EVPs which I sent you, which you sent me, which I'm I'm interested in hearing too. But before we get to that, you also have a, a new site that you created too, which is what? Uh, Geospirits. Oh. www.geospirits.com, and what what that is is just a, a an interactive map that lists. So far, several thousand of reportedly haunted locations all over the United States. And uh, people can go and you know, pull up a, a Google map and have pushpins of several hundred locations in that particular state that lists haunted locations. And if there's a spot that's, that they know of that's not on the map, they can submit it and get full credit to have their name and that group's name attached to that location. It's just another way to, you know, educate as many groups as possible and bring everyone kind of, kind of together, help them uh, broaden the, the study. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Brad, the uh, that the geo sites is actually. Uh, are you thinking about using it as a resource to to plot patterns within the paranormal uh, experiences? Well, it's a good idea. Well, it, it it can be used by many types. It can be used just simply by you know. Your regular paranormal groups are looking for the, the newest location. Uh, simple, you know, people out on vacation, you know, that that they're in an area they're not familiar with and want to know, hey, what's what's haunted locally in this area that I can go, you know, check out while I'm on vacation. Uh, it could be used by tour guides, you know, that are setting up a business. They can see all the places they can take their tours on. I mean, it's just a, a, many many ways you can use this, this map. Yeah, it just struck me as a fantastic resource for uh, an interesting uh, study of the paranormal by by location because often over here in the UK and in Europe, people talk about ley lines and clustering of paranormal cases along ley lines right. or or in focuses around certain areas. And that that uh, that new site that you're setting up would be a fabulous resource for for uh, a study of that. Well, that's definitely 
that I noticed while I was entering all these locations, like it was very time consuming putting in, you know, probably three, four thousand locations. But when you pull up, pull up a particular state, you can definitely see patterns, whether it be sort of entered on, you know, more populated areas or, or along major cities, major highways, or, or there's definitely patterns you can see. Yeah, I think that would be uh, one of the research project there, isn't there? I think that would be one of the patterns that would show up, though, is if you have a, a high, yeah. an urban center, you would naturally have a higher concentration because those are the ones that tend to get investigated versus right, you know, right. some, somebody's old house in the... Uh, Drake it. Yeah, Drake it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like simply like, like Wyoming or North Dakota may have, you know, their, their main city, of course, has been... It's more heavily populated, so there's more locations that they know about, and there's these, these vast, you know, empty areas that, who knows, there may be something we just, no one's lived there or, or visited enough to know that there's something uh, active there. Yeah, you tend to be, you seem to be going in and out a little bit, just to let, let you know, so make sure you're, you're close to the mic and that, that we, you know, you're, okay. you're talking. Um, yeah, we're having a but, stormy weather here. Oh, storm? They have storms in Louisiana? Yeah, it's raining right now. Cloud coverage. Anyway, uh, so Brad, what was the purpose of building the geo site? It was um, probably the the biggest reason was just, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Urban Spoon. That's that's an app that I love. Every every time I go on a trip or something, I... uh, I tend to center my uh, vacation around places to eat. <laughs> you know, I like to eat. And that was just, it, that was what, what I liked about Urban Spoon. If you're in an area you don't know about, you know, enter a zip code or a pinpoint a location on a map, and there's all these places and ratings and descriptions of, of restaurants. And I, doing this for all these years, I said, why not set up something similar just, you know, in the paranormal as far as haunted locations? And that was just, it was, was mainly to, just inform people of what's around them, the, the, whether it be urban legends or, or documented evidence that's been captured on, on certain spots, or like I mentioned earlier, just you know people on vacation and they're not familiar with that area, area and they just want to know what's possibly haunted around them that they can check out. And we don't we don't list private residences for obvious reasons, not to you know bring any unwanted or negative attention to the homeowner. So. All that we have on the maps are, you know, public places that people can visit, and whether it be, you know, historical locations, businesses, uh, cemeteries, uh, Civil War battlefields, stuff like that. Okay. So, uh, all right, so let's go back to what you do originally, is is how did you get involved in the paranormal? Well, I mean, growing up, as you know, as any young kid, especially here in Louisiana, ghost stories and all that, you know, kind of go hand-in-hand in in Louisiana. I was raised for years in, you know, the the Cajun culture, hearing my grandparents tell stories of of all these different, you know, Cajun tales and legends about seeing strange lights and seeing spirits and all that. It was just a subject I was always interested in. Uh, As I got older, you know, as a teenager, you know, all teenagers like to go hang out in cemeteries or tell, you know, haunted stories or know of this one particular haunted location in that area that everyone likes to go check out at night. But it wasn't until around uh, 2004 I really got into it as far as trying to find a 
group, you know, that, that was that actually did investigations and went places. Because as a teenager, you can't just go, you know, knock on someone's door and ask, hey, can I go investigate your home? So uh, in 2005, I'd found a small group in southern Louisiana who uh, they based their uh, investigations primarily on uh, one member of the group who felt she was a sensitive, which, I mean, I, I definitely believe there are sensitives going around, but there, there's very many of them that, that aren't legitimate. They just claim to be. And this was one of those individuals, and uh, everywhere we would go, she would get possessed, supposedly, and fall on the ground and flop around like a, you know, a fish out of water. So it, was, it, it, <laughs> it kind of embarrassed me, and it, it definitely wasn't the route that I wanted to take. I mean, to me, there was no validity in this type of investigating. I mean, just going off of one person's opinion and what supposedly they felt, that, that had no proof or, or weight. I was more of the skeptical type and, and wanted more, you know, I wanted more concrete evidence. I wanted some good audio or good video or pictures, something that I could put my hands on and say, yeah, this place may be haunted. So um, I ended up leaving that group, and fortunately, most of those members agreed with me. So they left with me, and then we formed Louisiana Spirits in late 2005. And we, we, we approached it, as many groups do, more of the skeptical type, and we try to get as much evidence more of a scientific approach, trying to analyze what we capture. And we don't claim everything be a, a spirit or a ghost. We'll, we'll try to rule out everything, find logical explanations for, for any evidence we capture. And once we've ruled out those logical explanations, then we we can consider, okay, this this was a little, a little hard for us to explain. This may be paranormal. Now, you see, I like that. I like, I like the bit the word that you inserted there may be paranormal because it, it's really difficult to make that final step, isn't right. it, to say it's absolutely and, paranormal. But yeah, um, unless, unless you have, I'm sorry, unless you have, a, you know, 10 types of evidence going on at the exact same time, it is hard, like you said, to pinpoint, truly 100% claim that, that it's hard. I mean, unless you have a, a spike in EMS, changes in temperature, an audio clip, a video clip, a photograph, all of that captured... At that particular time, then, then it is still hard. But that's, I guess, why we keep doing this. Try that. Try to find that holy grail of, of evidence. Absolutely. I guess you could say. Brad, you talked about you know, being very evidence-based and considering all of the possibilities. But in amongst all of this, do you still? I was looking at your equipment page. It's quite comprehensive. But do you still use the human experience? Do you still? Uh, you know, take along mediums and and rely uh, take take notes of people's uh, thoughts and impressions. Right. Yeah. Definitely. We do have several members who who do it uh, claim that they are sensitive. But like I said, we don't we don't surround our entire investigation with their feeling. If right. we'll, we'll bring them in, we'll bring them into a location blind to where they don't know any history or anything. And if they if they pinpoint a spot. Uh, something that happened in a specific location that we know they didn't know, then, okay, even better, you know, that's plus one to what we're trying to, you know, attempt to, to find uh -huh. out of here. We're not going to say, oh, she was right, so therefore it's haunted. But, I mean, we've we've taken, I had one member one time we took into an old jail, and I knew 100% without a doubt they didn't know any history of the location. And uh -huh. there were probably 20 different, you know, jail cells in this this small town jail, and they went to that one particular cell, and they knew that, that was a serious assault. You know where it left the the inmate brain dead. 
Right. So stuff like that, then I can say, okay, you know, that's that definitely helps in the investigation. So yeah, we do, we do use it as as one of our tools, but but doesn't we don't we don't use that as our primary source. Do you um, I demonology and and uh, the sort of the dark side of uh, the paranormal is quite common in in ghost hunting and, and modern investigation now in in louisiana i remember from my time in the south uh, when i when i visited there um do is do you st- do you encounter any of the voodoo gods any of the voodoo deities as a, as a, an explanation being given by by some people for what they're reporting uh, believe it or not actually no and and i think the, the whole demonology subject is a little overused, maybe because I think it sounds a little more interesting because they they rather claim that a place may be haunted with a demon than it is it's just a, you know, <laughs> a a mean pissed off spirit basically. <laughs> Which I think I think that's the of all you know evil or quote unquote negative spirits groups encounter. I think it it can be more associated with just a an evil person that was. You know, once living as opposed to a straight demon. I think, I think demon, demon, uh, demonic hauntings are a little more rare than people like to admit. It just sounds cool to say, "Hey, this was a demon we encountered." You know. <laughs> I was just wondering if there was a regional bias towards um, because you know Louisiana does have a strong right, sort right. Of, you would, sort think, of, you would um, think that is, but 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 voodoo and all that kind of even to this day, it stays pretty contained in its area. So. I mean, not just any location you're going to find haunted because, you know, they once practiced voodoo there. Unless you go deep into the heart of New Orleans, which to them is so, so common, they really don't need an investigation because they know the, you know, they, they've lived all their life knowing it's haunted. They've interacted with the spirits. They know it's why it's haunted. They don't need a group to come in and tell them it's haunted, you know. <laughs> That's why our, we're broken up into several chapters, six to be exact, that cover all areas of the state. And people always say, oh, your New Orleans chapter must be your, you know, your busiest. And actually, it's, it's probably one of our slowest because that, that's the thing. There's so much activity in that area, there's, people don't need the investigation unless we physically go knock on the door and ask to investigate. You know, It's almost become a part of their lives, just hauntings and, right. and, and so forth. So again, it comes down a lot, doesn't it, to public, uh, you know, the the human experience and the individual beliefs and the bias that they're putting into their experiences. Right. Right. So uh, you you sent us some EVPs. Let's see how we're doing time wise. We're doing okay. Um, so. Do you want to explain any of those, and, and would you like to uh, listen to uh, one at this time? Okay, uh, yeah, let's do with the um, the murder story. So the, did you get that one that I sent? I sent that one separate. Uh, a murder story, was that the one that was on the on a, uh, video? Yeah, it was video, but then I sent a second email with, with just that audio clip. Okay, so it's called the mur- murder story. Uh, can we have that? This is the first sound we capture after reviewing video and audio from an investigation of a building in downtown Monroe. The investigators captured this voice on a recorder as we're all sitting down in a room. You can hear one of the investigators say, sit yourself down, 
and then a soft voice appears to repeat what she says. My camera also picked up this voice. Here's another listen. We capture another voice, but this time we were outside of the building. And this voice has heads at the Monroe Police Department turning. There's a, a lot of fascination. There's a lot of things going on in the community. and There's a, a, a following, if you will. Three weeks before our investigation, a woman was found in a nearby alleyway. That woman was Deneen Harris. We find our way to the alleyway and the investigators decide to call out to Deneen to see if they can help bring any answers to the table. Did they hurt you, Deneen? Can you tell us who did this to you? It's here that we capture a voice that has given many people chills. What do you hear? The team says there are three parts to this clip. A name of either Leonard or Lewis, a strange sound, and then the voice says, he raped me. Take another listen. We captured this voice on Saturday, April 27th. Four days later, on May 1st, unaware of the paranormal investigation, the Monroe Police Department holds a news conference announcing the arrest of Louis Alexander, who they say confessed to the aggravated rape and murder of Deneen Harris. We speak with James A. Rant, Deneen's brother, and let him listen to the clip. Here's what he has to say. Yeah, I just don't know what that second sound is. You got to sound like the, 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 the L, just sound like an L, I guess, in a way, but then there's another sound, and then it's, it's like he raped me, you know. We ask if it sounds like Deneen. I can't say it does. I mean, I can't say it doesn't either because it's so distorted to a point, to my, my, my opinion. But The voice of Deneen Harris telling us what happened or just coincidence? We'll let you decide. Okay, so there you go. Uh, we heard that kind of reverse, and so do you want to talk about it a little bit, uh, Brad? Before, I know we're getting close to break. Yeah, yeah. We were we were investigating one, you know, the public building, and it just so happened that that building right next door to it in the alleyway there was a, a murder slash rape that had taken place a few weeks before. So the investigators figured, well, while we're here, let's try to see if we can capture something because of that. And uh, that's when uh, the members captured that, that interesting audio clip saying either the name of Leonard or Lewis and then some kind of loud bang or something, and it says they raped me. And not knowing any of that information, like the clip said, you know, four days later, the police department had an individual turn themselves in named Lewis for the murder and slash rape of, of this victim. So it just just another example of how, you know, this, this hobby in this field can... Uh, can, you know, be used for serious purposes. It, it didn't, you know, obviously it won't be used in court or anything, but it just helped kind of maybe possibly solidify, you know, the, the, the arrest of this individual, and hopefully it'll help convict him, you know. Well, I don't see how it could help convict him. I'm sure it can't be used as evidence in a, in a court. Right. Yeah. But, I but mean, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's interesting. interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting backstory, and in, in that there there appears to be a relationship between the two. But once again, uh, it, it is you know it's not like you know EVPs are, are what they are. They, they 
they sound like, but not necessarily uh, what they really say. So well, that, that's the this, difficult thing this, about I mean, one of the, the, uh, the truisms of EVPs is they always sound more convincing after you've told the person what they're about to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but interestingly, Ron, uh, there have been over here in, in the UK uh, many eons ago, there have been several cases where a ghost has uh, uh, helped to convict uh, a murderer. Also, the United um, States back into the 1700s. We yeah, did. so, uh, yeah, likewise over here in the UK, we've, and I think one bizarre, the most bizarre case was actually the ghost appeared in court, in the courtroom in front of the judge and um, directly faced the, 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 the murderer, and uh, they were convicted. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you know, may, maybe EVPs in the future. And, and of course, in Salem, we had uh, witches come in and uh, you know their their work show, and they were convicted too. So, but was it really proof? Well, back right. in those okay. days, there you go, there you go. Not, not quite as enlightened. There you go. Uh, uh, so, anyways, I, I I do find it intriguing, though, Brad. I really do, in, in the, and the relationship. Yeah, between. like you, Yeah, like you guys said, audio is. You know, take it for what it's worth. It's just like looking at pictures or, or the clouds in the sky. Once you stare at it long enough, you can start to see faces. Well, the same can apply to audio. If you if you hear a certain, you know, if someone crunches on leaves just the right way, it may sound like a high or a no or a, another one-syllable word. It's, it's, those, it's those real definitive, you know, multi-syllable words or sentences that we look for that, that, that bring more I mean, attention than just a help or a... Which, if you notice, that, that seems to always be the most common EVPs or help, no, yes, those those single syllables that can can be a can more logically explained as you know some other sound. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's difficult with EVPs because uh, they're really, I mean, I on a whole was talking on a whole, they really aren't that clear, and and that it's it's not like you can you actually hear somebody talking. Uh, it, the the cadence isn't there. Often they're broken up. Often they're distorted. So it makes it extremely difficult. There are some really really good class A's, and and right. I, I will admit to that. But for the most part, the the EVPs, especially the ones that are out there now on on Facebook and all these other places, they're really you know uh, up for grab in, in in my opinion. Ron, do you want to just briefly explain just before we run into the break uh, the different classes? You said about class A's. Well, class yeah, A's yeah. would would be absolutely everyone. Everyone would hear the same thing without any prompt at all. I mean, it, it's extremely clear. It's though someone was sitting in the room and and said something, and you would actually be no doubt in your mind or anyone else's mind that it isn't what you heard. And we get about seven seconds, so I'm not going to get into any other classes here. So anyways, this tunes, which means we have to take a break. So I say my butt on that one. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with the world-famous paranormal investigator, the gold standard of ghost hunting, and perhaps the TV wonder himself, Mr. Stephen Parsons, and of course the humble Van Helsing. And we'll be right back with Brad from uh, Louisiana Spirits right here on Tojinet's Parapex, Planet Paranormal, iTunes, wherever the hell else is played. We'll be right back. Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. 
Hey, that's me. Each week, we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural, where all that is is not what it appears to be, with remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased. We'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. And I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. Except- so anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Ron. See you then. I guess the uh, the beating of Ron's pacemaker brings us back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International and always begs the question, brave beyond belief, but the trailer cuts out as Anne says the word accept. So what isn't? What does scare Anne? Working with me. Well, I think that's what she was going to say. Yeah, probably, probably. Anyway... Tonight, are you going to? Because the reason I'm 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 pausing tonight is normally at this point you jump over me and say I have an announcement. So do you have an announcement, or can we continue with the guest? No, I'm good. Okay. Well, our guest is from Louisiana Spirits Paranormal Investigations, Brad. 
Um, I'm not even going to attempt the surname. Most people just leave it at Brad. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and uh, before the break, we were having a very interesting chat about the different techniques that are being used. And uh, I, 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 I was looking down your equipment list during the break, and uh, you know, top of it has to be, I think, Ron, Ron's favorite gadget as well, the thermal camera. Um, I, I, do you find this to be the, as you say, the, the every paranormal investigator's dream? Is it, is it really a useful ghost hunting asset? It, you know, in all honesty, it, it, it's cool looking. It, it's fun to brag <laughs> that you have a thermal, but in all honesty, who's captured something on it other than TV shows? And we won't go there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they're just so overpriced too. It's, I mean. Just recently, though, Flurry released a, a, a thermal attachment for an iPhone 5, which does seem That's cool. Right. But, you know, other than other than what we've seen on television shows, yeah. is the thermal camera you know, really played a big part in an investigation? Um, no, I think you're upset. In fact, I think you've pointed there to the direction of modern ghost hunting. I think uh, with with the addition of the flare attachment. Um, and some of the other apps and, and uh, add-ons that you can now get for these iDevices, I think uh, the modern ghost hunter can probably just go along and do the ghost hunt with an iPhone. Probably. Right, and it's and, and with it being it's so bad because unless your phone's in airplane mode, you're going to be emitting some sort of EMF meter. So if you have some type of app on your phone that uh, is an EMF meter, you're defeating the purpose because your own phone's emitting those uh, EMF readings. So, yeah, but we, we emit that, EMF ourselves, so... Right, right. In everything emits energy, but even even our equipment page that you checked out, even it's outdated right now because there's, almost, there's so many things right now that are people are using, and probably half of them are legitimate. Others just, you know, light up and make pretty sounds, I think, just <laughs> to, to make people money. But... <laughs> <laughs> to me, to me, uh, a simple camera, video camera, and EMF, uh, I'm sorry, a voice recorder is, is all you really need to, to still try to find legitimate evidence out there. All so, these other so things that just light up, that's not true. I, th- I think you've, you've kind of answered the next question there, because I was going to say, if, if you could pick just three items for your, for your ghost kit, um, you what, <laughs> what, what would those three be? But I think you've just kind of answered that one. A voice recorder, just a good high-quality stereo voice recorder, uh, a good digital camera, and um, I'm pretty fond of the new full-spectrum GoPro cameras, which totally get rid of the whole DVR setup, which means you know no more running wires, no more hauling monitors and DVRs. You just have these small little HD GoPros that now record in full-spectrum, so you can put them several throughout a building, even monitor them from your phone, and then it all gets recorded to some, you know, memory cards, and you can over uh-huh. your video. You've touched on something quite interesting there, and something that uh, is very, very popular here in the UK. This idea of full spectrum, and it's 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 always intrigued me because you know, as an investigator. Um, we, we're called along because somebody has had an experience which may have been uh, a visual experience. They've seen an apparition or they've seen, they've seen some anomaly, but they won't have seen it in infrared or ultraviolet. So is there actually any advantage, do you think, of looking beyond the range of, of the human uh, 
range of, of, of uh, vision. Should we just stick well, to the visible spectrum? No, no, definitely not, because, I mean, we only see, like you, know, like you said, the full spectrum, anything from red to violet. There's uh-huh. all everything. There's all these different levels above and below those different colors that we can't see with our, our eyes, but, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. I mean, even even you have even, I know we're kind of jumping a different topic, but UFOs, people have captured, you know, strange light anomalies that they think are UFOs on uh, infrared that, that they couldn't see with the naked eye. So yeah, our, our, senses, our senses are definitely too limited to just rely on those. Like look, look all the look all the things a dog can hear or smell that we take. That doesn't mean they don't exist. No, that's perfectly true. I always my my concern is though that when when you examine footage from a thermal camera that that you know the the group have saved up and bought or a full spectrum camera, they're not expecting you know to they they consider it to be a normal camera and so, so what would be actually just a normal uh, anomaly within the the machine itself they're interpreting as paranormal because they're they're not used to seeing the world in infrared or ultraviolet. So right. is, isn't isn't there an increased potential of misleading ourselves? There is because it also does pick up a lot of false positives that we normally couldn't see, such as it'll pick up you know dust that we normally wouldn't see. It, it definitely makes you have to critique your video and your evidence a little you know more tightly because, like I said. It'll pull up things that we normally couldn't see. So then you got to not only say, "Oh, this interesting ball of light," but that I didn't see. But what is it? And you have to start breaking it down and and notice, you know, the flight patterns or the uh-huh. look for little looking for little wings that could be a bug or something, you know. Well, the the thing that yeah, I mean, we talk about equipment, and, and this has always been Steve's thing, which which I I never really thought about in, until I met Steve, and he talked about calibration, he talked about training, and to be honest, the the average ghost hunter gets neither of those. They do they ever calibrate their equipment, and then most of the equipment can't even be calibrated. To be honest with you, right? And yeah. so we don't even know what we're dealing or uh, looking with at half the time. So. Uh, it, it's a difficult thing that we do, and I talked about the EVPs and how the, those we can interpret it differently. And I'm, I'm all I'm saying all this, and and I'm not trying to dismiss anybody or anything else, but it's it's the evidence we're getting. We, we really can't say this is you know proof. It's really just something that we're looking at and and trying to understand. And and basically. We don't understand it yet. Uh, we think we do, but uh, we really don't understand all aspects of it. Right, especially with a thermal camera. I mean, mm-hmm. for the, the reasons that it's originally intended for, as you know, electricians and plumbing and stuff like that, and even, even for their occupation, they have you know training courses they have to take and, look, mm-hmm. and train the, the, the employee on what to look for. And the same thing with, with using it for paranormal investigating. You see this, this heat source, you don't autom- automatically want to claim, well, that's a spirit. It could be anything from, you know, a residual that you touched an object or a, a in- even the heat left behind from an insect. That's how sensitive these cameras are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely uh, training needs to be more used in, in by some of these groups. And if calibration is available, then how do we set these, uh, these different tools to, to detect what we need? 
So that brings me up to my next question, which is you offer and have been offering for many years a class on ghost hunting 101. What is that comprised of? And well, just tell me about it a little bit. What that was, we, we were always doing different lectures and, you know, public ghost huntings for different just groups. Uh, we were contacted by one of our universities in southern Louisiana, ULL, and they asked us if we were interested in doing a continuing education course, which mm-hmm. is a, a non-credited course, obviously, and anyone can attend it. It's just something for fun, you know, whether it be basket weaving or how to use an iPad or something. This was just going to be one of those uh, they called them Alanya, something bonus, something for fun. And I said, sure, we're doing these classes, and why not implement this at a university? And uh, we started what was called Ghost Hunting 101, a skeptical approach to paranormal investigating. And it's a, uh, a three-course class that consists of the, the first part is just a lecture, basically a presentation of how we conduct investigations, how we, how we the types of evidence to collect, uh, how to rule out logically explainable events. The second is what most people like is actual hands-on investigation. We'll take them to this particular location that's claimed to be haunted and we break everyone up into small groups and kind of let them get a feel of of what it's like to actually investigate. The third class is kind of the debunking part, which is um, any photographs, audio, video, anything that the the student captured that they think may be a spirit or paranormal They'll bring it to class, we'll put it up on the projector or play it, and we'll critique it right there and explain to them, you know, what you thought was a, a spirit was this, you know, a mosquito or something floating. And then we'll kind of dabble into the, the, the pareidolia phenomenon, which is, like, like we mentioned earlier, looking at the clouds and finding a face. You can do that with whether it be your ears, your eyes, how you can be easily tricked. So it's more of a debunking class. It's also to educate people that it's what you see on television isn't you know how it really is done, and <laughs> we can't we can't quickly jump to to a ghost every time we hear something. Probably eighty to ninety percent of all evidence captured can be logically explained. Oh, that's that's uh, interesting as far as that. So I you know I was curious about what you you taught with it, and, and I noticed that. You know, you do tell that class, so that, that that's uh, explains a lot for me. Thank you very much for that. So, I mean, yeah, we, we have some we, we have some EVPs, and uh, I would like to play a couple more of them. Do you have a particular one you, you, that you would like to play? Or? Um, go with uh, probably two in particular. Do uh, the Johnny Cash EVP and um, either the, they kill us or uh, Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Okay, Sabrina, can we play the uh, Johnny Cash uh, EVP, please? Sabrina? We don't have Johnny Cash. <laughs> okay. Uh, play, play, play <laughs> he left the one. building. Sabrina, play another one for us, then, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. That was the one we listened to earlier, the uh, the Lewis and they raped me. <laughs> okay. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, there's the um the Bienvenue Voice, which is good, or the Waverly Laugh, if, if you see those. How about the Waverly Laugh? I need a laugh right now. Sabrina? Tell us what that is about. Well, uh, obviously, that was it, you know, as, as it's titled, the Waverly Hills Sanitarium in uh, Kentucky that everyone's well familiarized with. Um, obviously, we didn't have any children investigating, and it, it, towards the end of that clip, you'll hear it sounds just like a child, you know, this giggle towards the end of it. Okay. Uh, Steve, comment. Um, it's... It's only a reflection of what we said before. There was definitely a sound recorded. It could definitely be interpreted as a laugh. But, do you know, I was thinking animal. Um, it, Go. I, 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 <laughs> well, actually, do you know what? I, I was actually thinking if this had been in Australia, I'd have said kookaburra. But it could be interpreted how, you know, however you want it to be interpreted. But there was there was a sound there. There's no doubt about that. And therein lies the problem of EVP work. It's 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 not the recording of it. It's it's not making the EVPs, but it's trying to interpret what the heck's on the on the recording afterwards. It did sound like a laugh. If it did sound exactly like a laugh, but that yeah. doesn't mean to say it was a laugh. Oh no, I'm not saying right. that. Not to say it did sound like a laugh. And, and that's the problem we deal with in the paranormal is we don't know what we're getting half the time. We we really don't understand it. Uh, we have to. You know, I mean, and then, then you also have to realize, you know, if if these are disembodied voices coming from deceased individuals, how clear is it going to be? You know, it, will it ever be in, you know, Dolby digital surround sound? You know? No, but how, but, how, but, clear, but how clear can you expect it to be? But but Brad, there are very 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 clear EVPs. Right, there, uh, there are some, yeah. Yeah, and and they're the holy grail. So uh, I'm not. I, I really didn't mean to cast any aspersions upon your EVPs at all. But I'm saying that's the problem we deal with, with paranormal. Not just you, but myself and and anyone else that does it. I mean, that's the the problem. We do every so often. We will get that holy grail. It's just like a photograph. There aren't that many really, really, really good photographs. How come we don't see a you know, it's a three-dimensional, uh, you know, person in a photograph uh, a lot. And, and and when we do, most of the time we think it's Photoshop. So, I mean, right. we're, we're it's, screwed, it's whatever we do. As the, yeah, as the, the catch-22, if it's, if it's not 100% uh, validated, then, you know, it, it, it could be something else. But then when it's too good to be true, then it was fake. You know, so you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> I know that's the problem we deal with in the paranormal. That's, I mean, so I, I have to ask you. I mean, when you you do investigate, I, I assume you have people that that call you to investigate. Uh, I mean, how how do you chose your 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 uh, cases? Well, we, we're kind of 
contacted. We'll uh, set up like a preliminary investigation where we'll, we have a questionnaire they fill, they, they fill out. It asks us 30 to 40 different questions depending on the situation. Uh, to me, that's, that's the best way to truly, you know, separate if you're dealing with a legitimate case or just a, <laughs> you know, a quackpot. Because there definitely are, there definitely are plenty of those out there. If any group that has been doing this long enough, that you don't always deal with the most sane people. And a, a true face-to-face interview or spending a couple hours with them can usually di- di- differentiate your, your valid cases from from not. And uh, I mean, we've we've had people request uh, claim that they've been they're being spied on by the government, and they need us to come in and, and catch the government spying on them to. <laughs> people with uh, the people claiming that, that they have hamsters that talk to them at night. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole benefit of these preliminaries is to, to weed out your, your crazies from your legitimate. But uh, Steve will tell you that hamsters talking may not be uh, so crazy, right, Stephen? Uh, well, thanks for that, Ron. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I'm, I'm actually just thinking back there to a, to a case that I, I am aware of here in the UK with a, a, a apparently a haunted budgerigar or a possessed budgerigar. Um, but there are... The sorry? What about the mongoose? Uh, well, I was just going to say, yeah, there are, of course, uh, famous cases. There was Jeff the talking mongoose. Uh, there was uh, an animal ghost at Amshurst um, in New Brunswick. Um, over here in the UK, we have at least two ghostly headless ducks. So, um, but no, I, I, as, as yet, I'm completely unaware of a hamster. Um, but, but Brad is absolutely right. You know, you are dealing with, sorry, Brad. These were talking hamsters with small men that rode on them, you know, bareback. The last <laughs> of her, her, her you didn't tell us so, that, Brad. You didn't tell yeah, us that. I'm sorry, I left that part out. <laughs> That's kind of an important part, I would think. Well, there you go. Yeah, there's the, conc- put, there's the conclusive bit of proof at the end there. But yeah, Brad's that, absolutely that, that right. Kind of the... You know, so I, echoing what Brad said, you, know, you do deal with people's beliefs, um, and some of the beliefs can be you know, really quite strange, um, verging on the bizarre. And then you have the problem of, of you've, got to, you've got to actually explain to them. You either have to explain to them that, they're, um, that you can't help them or try and suggest a way that you can um, whilst extricating yourself from the situation. Uh, exactly. And not offending the clients. Sugarcoat this, kind of sugarcoat the situation. We had a, a an elderly woman who claimed that that her house was haunted. She said that that the most common evidence was that uh, something would get in her medicine cabinet at night and steal her medication. But the only medication it would steal was her pain medication, and <laughs> she failed to she failed to to state that her. Her 17-year-old grandson lived with her. So <laughs> we had to kind of break her the news that, no, it's not a spirit stealing your medication. It's your teenage son, either grandson, either using it or selling it himself. <laughs> it's, so, uh, it, it's, it's a world full of uh, – it's a minefield, isn't it, what we do? Uh, it's an absolute minefield. We have to be counsellor. We have to be minister. We have to be scientists. We have to be, to an extent, there's somebody in the chat room says, um, it's, it's not really a question, Brad, but somebody in the chat room said um, 
they want a talking hamster. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if we can give out the, the details of that case, but uh, if anybody does have a talking hamster that they want to get rid of, a uh, ghost girl in the chat room would, uh, would like them. Actually, to heck with ghost girl, I'd like a talking hamster. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like you said, you have to wear so many different coats in doing this. And like we get, just like with the, the continuing education course we talked about earlier, We'll have people, you know, those hardcore skeptics and those that are determined to run all paranormal groups into the ground, they'll follow us and comment on these stories and, you know, how dare these people claim to be teachers or how dare they claim to be scientists. The thing is, we don't. We don't claim to be teachers or scientists or anything. We're just wanting to kind of educate people and before they can cast, you know, the first stone... They they want to label us as, as these people who are claiming to be all these things we're not when we're not claiming to be those things to begin with, you know. And that that's been the the, the hardest thing to deal with are, are these hardcore skeptics that like to go around, you know, the James Randies and all that 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 just love to to trash everything we do. But just like recently, you had we had uh, some people from Texas go to a plantation home in South Louisiana. They were high on marijuana and decided yeah. to burn down the plantation they investigated. That doesn't oh, mean all groups one. do that. That doesn't mean all groups do that, but it does, definitely doesn't help the the field that that's already hard enough to respect as it is. But then you have your occasional group that go in and, and tarnish it even worse. They they never want to, you know, acknowledge you for the good things you do, but it's always the the things you, you know, the negative and, and the things you don't even do to begin with. Right. So anyways, we have some more EVPs, and I'd like to hear them, because I like EVPs, believe it or not, even after all that stuff I said. But can we play the uh, the 18-second uh, one, whatever that is? Uh, just play it once right now. Loved and couldn't be with or something like that. I wish you could get out of those letters. So uh, I guess Bobby painted her those letters or Okay, I'm not sure what we heard there because I didn't hear it. Right, I think I think it's around ten second mark. You'll hear okay. a voice say, "You'll hear a voice say they reveal us where they where they will reveal us." Okay, can we play that again now, Sabrina? So now that we know what we're looking for. Loved and couldn't be with or something like that. I wish you could get out of those letters. So uh, I guess Bobby painted her those letters or something. That she's the one that over here? Yeah, she lives in that little house right over there. That is just terrible that she won't share. Well, she's got, um, she has some... Oh, I love that girl. Was that an EVP? Uh, no, that was the, jamb- <laughs> that, that was the, uh, the jambalaya from the dead. Ah, that's oh. right. That's a doorbell, which means uh, the pizza from the dead's here, so we have to wrap it up. And uh, we want to thank uh, Brad so much. Uh, Brad Duchesne, is it? Duplichane. Duplichane. So close. I came so <laughs> close. Duplichane of Louisiana Spirits Paranormal Investigators. That's right. And you contact us if, or visit us at lespirits.com for more information. That's L.A. as in, like uh, Louisiana, right? right? Abbreviated right. Louisiana, L.A. Spirits. 
Plural. LA Spirits. And you can also check out the the cool site, which is Geospirits. That's right. Geospirits.com. So, Brad, uh, anything you'd like to add? Do you have anything, events coming up or anything you want to push while you're here? <laughs> oh, we have, like I said, we have several of these continuing education courses for anyone in southern Louisiana that may be listening. They can attend them. Visit our site for more information. We have events that always take place in northern Louisiana at the historic Shreveport Municipal Auditorium. And other than that, just visit us as we update our site regularly. So who knows what type of evidence you might get to, to check out. And then also participate in the GeoSpirits, which, which can help all groups you know, nationwide. And you can contribute to any locations that we don't have already listed on the maps. Okay. Brad, we want to thank you so much, and it was great speaking with you again. Like I said, uh, I did talk with you probably many, many years ago. But well, thanks uh, for thank having you, me back. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Brad. No problem. Thanks for yeah, having me. Well, that was interesting. Uh, once again, it was not a medium, so I am off the hook. Yep, yep. You're off the hook this week. Back to ghost hunting. Yeah. So anyways, um, anything you want to add before we hit the road? <laughs> Uh, no, I think I think we should uh, get out while the going's good. Yeah, I think so too. All right. So, anyways, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International with the world-renowned ghost hunter, the gold standard of ghost hunting, Mr. Steve Parsons, and the most humble Van Helsing, Ron Cohen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll be back next year week. Spot the irony. Spot the irony. Yeah, irony. Yeah. Irony. 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 All right. So, good night. God bless everyone. Good night. God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good luck.